Spoiler alert, it's Geek Top 5! Yay! Special episode 50! Episode 50 of Geek Top 5 is a huge milestone for us. It's, uh, you know, it's, a, it's sort of one of those penultimate moments in the development of a show, and not coincidentally, also a penultimate moment, a milestone moment for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, as you recall, they originally wanted to introduce Infinity War later in May, but we knew we had episode 50 coming up, so we gave our pal Robert a call. <laughs> Uh, they moved it up, and so we've got 19 movies worth of stuff to talk about today. Yes. That's a lot to do for myself and Graham alone. So we brought in some special guests, acclaimed comic book expert and longtime friend of the show, Kylie's back. Did you join us? Hello. Kylie from episode one. From episode one. Bring it yeah. all back. Right, one to 50. It's a cat's in the cradle. She's <laughs> come so far. And just throw in a little bit of extra spice, a noted Benedict Cumberbatch enthusiast, uh, Sonali, is back as well. Hello. So, ah, Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So, between the four of us, we are going to tackle a difficult task. I want to tie it into like an infinity thing, but how do you... I, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. got it either. Yeah. Marvel's Infinity War, the end of Phase 3, and everything these movies have been building up to for almost ten years... Let's break it down. So, to get things started, spoiler alert. I said it at the beginning of the show, and I mean it. We are Hardcore. spoiling the heck out of this movie. At least 19 movies are going to be spoiled here. Yeah. And this is one of those movies where you definitely want to go in without the spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet, stop listening to us. <laughs> and I mean, something that probably won't come up in this, but you really need to have seen at least most of the other movies before you see this one because they, they don't give you backstory. No. Certainly yeah. the Phase 3 stuff. Yeah, they drop you right into the heart of it. And I know some people have seen it without seeing those things and been a little confused, so definitely do your homework. Go see Infinity War. Yeah. Okay, are you back? <laughs> Great. So, Infinity War. I feel like before... like What's going to be looming over this entire discussion if we don't address it right away is the ending. So, before we okay. get started then, let's get this out here, there. Again, this is your this is your thing, spoiler alert, it's too late now. Let's go over the body count for this movie, just to make sure we're all on the same page. Killed in action over the course of this movie, Loki, Heimdall, Gamora, and Vision are killed. And then further, Death by Infinity Wish, and this is where the big debates start, but killed by Infinity Wish are Winter Soldier, Black Panther, Falcon, Scarlet Witch, Drax, Groot, Mantis, Star-Lord, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Nick Fury, and Maria Hill. Leaving, confirmed alive, Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, War Machine, Black Widow, Nebula, General Okoye, Rocket Raccoon, Hulk, M'Baku, which I had to double back, but he is alive, and leaving status unknown, Hawkeye, Ant-Man, Wasp, Shuri, Red Skull, Wong, Pepper Potts, Ned, and then all the other B-list characters who didn't even make it into the movie. Right. 26 characters they started with, and now they're all gone. Let's just jump right on this right from the stop. Does anybody actually believe that this is permanent? So this is my problem with the movie. And my only big <laughs> problem with the movie is if you're going to do this, why do you do it with characters we know have a movie coming up? Black well, Panther, we know there's a second one coming. We know that there's a second um, Spider-Man. We know the Guardians have number three. It's like, it just, I would have, I watched it, and I watched them disappear, and I was like, 
I know they're coming back. Right. Well, it's, it was Black Panther. As soon as Black Panther went, yeah. I went, oh, well, okay. So yeah. this yeah. means nothing. Yeah, but, that's what I mean, yeah. But like, as like, a comic book fan, you know, in the original Infinity Gauntlet miniseries, uh, Thanos wipes out half the universe, including a bunch of superheroes. And yet their individual titles continued during the miniseries. It's like, as a comic book fan, this faces okay. me in no way whatsoever. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't upset me that I know they're all coming back. But it also doesn't... I, I doesn't uh, upset me that they're dead, you know? I was just like, ooh, this is exciting. I can't wait to see how they how this resolves. As a general non-comic book reader, to me it was just confusing to go from one character to the other and thinking, okay, I only know them from the realm of the movies, so what does this mean for me? And absolutely, Kylie, like for me too, thinking about it like, oh, wait, aren't they doing this movie next? Isn't this character going to be there? What are they playing at? So that's where I was kind of looking at it more in terms of what's going to happen. It didn't ruin the movie for me by any means. I love the movie. If you don't get me wrong. It's just that I was kind of like, oh, I wish I had been more on the edge of my seat because I, I know they're coming back. I was on the edge of my seat because I'm like, I want to see how the survivors work together to, to write this. Yeah, I'll back that. Like the, the like the big talk is that because you know, of course, they're coming back. The emotional impact is drained, right? But I felt how bad the survivors were feeling. Mm. Like right. I thought that oh, was all done. Stark? Yeah, the, yeah, that was it. Stark and Steve Rogers, especially, are both just traumatized. I mean, specifically with Tony Stark, with the death of Spider-Man, Spider-Man. his oh death God. was like the most heart-wrenching of any of them. And I know he's coming back, yeah. but it was like I think I, that I don't was the go. most poignant moment yeah. for yeah. me. That's all the Tom whole Holland. Thing. Yeah, I, oh, I, so I love Tom mm-hmm. Holland for what he's doing yeah. with Spider-Man. That was that was the moment when I actually felt it was real. And I was rewatching uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming today, actually, and it reminded me of how emotional his performance is, especially in relation to Tony Stark. Like how yeah. much he looks up to him, and how much right. the approval matters. And that it relationship, was just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that ending means even more. Yeah, you know, with that fresh mm-hmm. in your mind. But so just doubling back to the characters who died, the only ones who I am willing to say are almost certainly permanently dead are Gamora mm-hmm. and uh, Heimdall. Oh, you can't say mm-hmm. that. Why would you say that? <laughs> they killed Heimdall first, too, and I was so upset. I, I mean, because we're just coming uh, off of I think Loki's gone. I think Loki's gone. Well, please, continue your thoughts on, on Ragnarok. Just coming off of Ragnarok, it was like, yeah, they did it. They yeah. got off that Asgardian fail of whatever was going to happen with Ragnarok there. And they're on their way to maybe something better, hopefully some kind of new beginning, and no. It immediately <laughs> take that good feeling away from you. Now, to be fair, uh, I don't think Idris Elba has been that keen on reprising his role as Heimdall from movie to movie as he's become yeah. a more... Uh, you know, big name actor. But Ragnarok, he was like showcased. He, he was had a surprise yeah. large role yes. in Ragnarok. But they're never going to make a Heimdall movie. And so I'm sure he was like, look, if you can tap I'd me out, I'll, I'll happily tap out. Sif hasn't been, wasn't in Ragnarok and she wasn't in uh, this and because she's on a TV show. And I find Heimdall a much more interesting character than Lady Sif. Cause How she was dare so you, you sexist pig. I thought that there was rumors she was supposed to be in the movie. Initially, there were. Yeah. I think they were trying to, but there was some. Kind, my understanding is there was a conflict oh, okay. because of the show. So because I kept waiting for her to show up because I kept because I'd heard rumors that she was going to be in it and then nothing. And I was like, oh. Yeah. See, I I really want to watch it again to see if Valkyrie is on the ship and so see if she's done. She. I right. just um, again, spoiler alert. I just um, I heard that that the director, one of the directors, confirmed that she did make it out. 
Oh, okay. Because uh, add that to the survivors list, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I mean, it was it was sort of. I found it kind of annoying because all the Asgardians you see are killed except for Thor. But I, there's some throwaway line where it's like half the Asgardians are dead, and it's like, well, where the hell were they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I I can understand why. Uh, a I can understand why they would want Valkyrie to survive, and B that actress is incredibly busy too, and you're not going to yeah. bring her in for a two second cameo, which is. Why Ant-Man and the Wasp and and uh, Hawkeye aren't in it because they already had a pretty full plate of characters and uh, I don't know that they would necessarily add much to the story and they're easy to write out right and you can bring them into the next movie but before we get too far with the deaths Loki's death definitely seems fully legit but he's the god of mischief I disagree there's yeah. I, so I many ways so. to bring him back even if they intend for him to be yeah. permanently dead I can see a million they, ways to bring him back and you were saying that Jesse that uh, they they've run out of story for him but I, I don't think so that's what I thought because it, he kept doing the I'm good no I'm evil no I'm good no I'm evil like thing like through all three yeah. movies and like he just it seemed like it was the same storyline it's like when's Loki gonna turn bad again when's and they even did it in this movie like Thank you. Yeah. That's what I felt. I felt like by Ragnarok, like Loki had, like even in the first Avengers, he's not a great villain. He's a great I villain. What are you talking about? Well, okay, rephrase that. I like him as a villain, but he wasn't a particularly skillful or effective villain. The first Avengers are all about people messing with him because he's not that great because he's Loki. But that was I'm... also the intro for Thanos. Well, yeah, but only at the very, very end. Like, Loki had to be the bad guy in that movie, but he keeps dropping the ball, and everyone's getting the better of him. Black Widow tricks him into revealing his plan, and, like, and the Hulk smashes him up at the end. Like, Loki makes it's a true. much better middle-of-the-road character, and I felt like he was getting tired. Now, when I said that, I also said I can sort of see them being done with Tom Hiddleston's Loki, but bringing Loki back in another form. Like, there's a mm-hmm. whole thing in the comics where he comes back as femme Loki. Interesting. Like, I can see them trying to bring new life to the character what? that way. This is a thing? This is a thing. It's a great story. J. Michael Straczynski wow. and uh, huh. Oliver Olivier Coipel, I believe, is the artist. Oh, it's brilliant. So good. It might have to get back into comics more. Oh, <laughs> to change, sort of change the subject, but not really, about the deaths, um, do we feel like the Soul Stone like, because all the people who are left, a lot of them are the older cast from the original. Yes, yeah, it seems like the original Do we Avengers feel are all like there. For them to sort of not write off, but like get rid of Captain America and them, is to have them use the Soul Stone to exchange their life for somebody, one of the new ones' life. Like Tony Stark uses this, like uses it to bring back. Um, Spider-Man in his place. Like, that's how they use that. I don't know. I don't know if they would do that because it's a lot of characters. Like, still half the world's gone. But, like, if they would do something like that so that would allow them to have the honorable send-off. I've heard two things sort of in that, sort of in that category. The first one is a bit of an aside. is the belief that somehow Gamora and the Soul Stone are kind of tied, that maybe she's not gone. Mm-hmm. And we do have that strange brief scene after Thanos does works his magic, where he's somewhere and he talks to young Gamora. Mm-hmm. Right, yes, I know uh, that. So maybe she's still around, so maybe the Soul Stone still has some weird, like some weirdness there. But the other thing I've been hearing is, yeah, along those lines that like maybe this is going to be sort of a like turn Rebirth. the tables, this is a chance for the old cast to put their stuff away and bring the new cast back in exchange, kind of. And yeah. it's sort of clear, like, Robert Downey Jr. doesn't want to be Iron Man anymore. Like, he's been carrying the franchise for ten years. Uh, look, like, he's cashing some pretty big checks. <laughs> I, I 
but would be it, shocked if it, it was be, the end of If it's of a him. new phase, it's the younger Avengers. Like, you would have then, like, obviously Black Panther, you'd have Spider- or Spider-Man, you have... The Guardians, the Guardians to some degree, for some sure. Degree. Yeah. And you open the way up for those new characters, for, like, Femme Thor, for Riri Williams, for all the, like, the Marvels, like, relaunched, like... Yeah. I don't... I don't yeah. I, I'm doing it a disservice by saying, like, their diversity crew... <laughs> But really, they're more... The next generation. Well, there's yeah. a female Iron Man as well. And yeah, Ruby Williams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. okay. Iron Heart. Iron Heart. Yeah. Iron Heart. Well, yeah, female, female Thor. Thor. Was, uh, Jane. Jane Foster. Yeah. I, that might be a way to lure uh, <laughs> Natalie, Natalie Portman, Portman back. back. <laughs> I, don't I, know. I, I doubt it, but it would be a fun yeah. try. But then, like, you have, like, Captain Marvel lead. Like, in yeah. some ways, right? Like, Captain Marvel, a lot of the comics that I've read of her, she's with the Guardians, so you can, you know, she's in space, so, like, I'm sure that's where she's been this whole time, is probably in space. My guess is why she hasn't been there for any of it. It's possible. It's hard to say. So, at, at the, like, oh, let's sorry, talk yes. about it in the, the end credit scene, uh, before Nick Fury disappears, he pages Captain Marvel. It's not made uh, explicit, but that's what the implication it's, is. Wait, that's what the symbol is. Yeah. Everything we've seen of Captain Marvel on set, she's been wearing the sort of Cree green color outfit, but then if you look at the logo that shows up on the, yeah. the text message or whatever that he sent it's the it's the actual Captain Marvel color scheme I'm trying not to read too much into the the pictures from the set because For sure. no, you yeah. know those it could just be you know green screen green that she's wearing or True. Who knows, and they so. change costumes all the time yeah yeah. But what? if it's like a if it's like an origin story, and then by the end she has that full costume, and then what she would have when at this point in the Avengers Infinity War, like at the end there, like what she would be wearing would be that. And my guess is she'd be in space the whole time because otherwise, why wouldn't they have called on her earlier? Right, but we're gonna find we're out. Find out. I actually think Nick Fury. It's it's a it's a Nick Fury trait. Don't keep all your eggs in one basket. Mm. Right, he when he was doing the Avengers initially too, like there was a lot of sort of cloak and dagger thing with that, like the way he tried to put them right. together. So in the same way, it's like, okay, this is the next level threat. What do I have? Right. And that was a strategy. Thanks for explaining that, by the way, Kylie. That that makes more sense to me now because I understood what the implication was, but now from the comic side too, like kind of knowing yeah. and learning, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think in the the old days, Carol Danvers, even before she was Captain Marvel or Ms. Marvel, she was uh, she was a military figure who worked yeah. to, uh, for Project Pegasus, which I, I think in some versions anyway was a stockpile for weird alien junk, and so maybe she's just been protecting that stuff, and that's why we haven't seen her. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of there's, there's a, a lot, lot of stuff things. to mine. Yeah. We're going to find out why, yeah. but certainly they're te- like she's going to have her movie, and then she's going to come back for whatever Avengers 4 is. Yeah. Which no. is right after. It's, I think she's in March, beginning of March, and uh, they're, in April, or they're in May. Okay. In terms of movie placement. I think it'll be called Infinity Peace. <laughs> At, uh, I respect that you're I respect, you know, it's a free country. You're allowed to have that opinion. <laughs> More money for Disney. That's what it'll be called. Oh, lovely. <laughs> All right, just so, what they need. So yeah. we, we've hit the ending. Um, we don't think it sounds like consensus is we don't think it subtracts too much from the movie, even though it's such an obvious gambit. Um, but so let's circle it back then. So now that that's taken care of, and we're not going to have to keep dancing around it. So what did you think? Eighteen movies led up to this. My, I loved it from beginning to end. Uh, I was, I went in with with sort of low expectations, not low expectations, but I just tried not to get too excited. Too excited. And it was hard to get excited about it because I think like. All my enthusiasm for a movie like this was was used and was successfully uh, applied in the first Avengers movie. That brought everyone together. I was really excited to see that, and I loved it. And ever since then, it's been like 
as far as my emotions for these sorts of things and uh, uh, expectations for them, they've it's been kind of coasting. Yeah. And this, I went in uh, excited to see it, but not expecting to be blown away. And I loved every minute of it. It was great. I went in tentative because I I loved the first Avengers a lot. Like I really loved the first one. Did not enjoy the second one, Ultron, that much at all. Like, I've only seen it once, and that, for me, is a big deal. I've seen mm. all of them, like, a lot. Um, but that one I'd only seen once, and I just... It didn't satisfy me in any way. I just felt like it was, like, I didn't care what happened in Ultron. Which mm. is weird, because I loved the first one so much. So this one I went in tentative because I was like, there's so many characters. How am I going to be invested in this? Like, how am I going to want... Am I going to be overloaded with too much information, too many character storylines, and just get, like, con- like I didn't didn't know if I was going to like it. I wanted to, and I ended up loving it. Like, I loved it. Like you said, I, I, I loved pretty much almost every second of it for the most part. The ending, again, like I said, it, it, was, it didn't just, like, subtract from the overall for me, but it was just kind of like, oh, I wish I would have... Wish it had been like Cap or somebody where I, like, was, like, legit, like, oh, my God, are they coming back? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so... I enjoy, like, I definitely, like, loved every second of it. I, what I liked the most is the pairing of all of them. Mm-hmm. I really liked, like, um, Iron Man, Spider-Man, and... Um, Star-Lord. Doctor Strange. And... Doctor Strange. Yeah. Like, that pairing was amazing. They were hilarious. I thought that um, the, uh, like, the Guardians with Thor was hilarious. So I really liked the pairing off. And then you had the seri- more serious sort of crew, obviously, with, like, Cap and, and Scarlet. Like, all, all of that, right? So, like... I just, I think for me, that's this, the comedy and everything came out really well. And I think they really found like a better, I don't know if it was like, I love Joss. So like, I don't know why I didn't love Ultron. But <laughs> Joss Whedon, the director Whedon, of yes. Avengers and Avengers 2. Because I love the first one, but the second one just didn't do it for me. So I was kind of like lukewarm on this one, but I love Winter Soldier, which they did. I love, you know, the Civil Russos. War. Yeah. Civil War, I was kind of. I love Civil, Civil War. War was amazing. Really? Love Civil War. I really yeah. liked it. Ah, oh, man. Maybe I'm crazy, but. <laughs> I, you're not the only one yeah. I've heard that from. You're allowed to have your opinion. It doesn't yeah. make you nuts. I, I liked it, but I didn't love it. I think it was different enough. Yeah. Like, it was different from what had been coming before it. That Civil War became kind of its own thing. Uh, yeah. It was a surprise when nobody was really expecting it. Maybe because the same year as Batman vs. Superman, and I was like, why are they always fighting? Why is everyone <laughs> fighting? That's probably what it was. At least this one did the fighting right. Yeah. So, I had the opposite problem. I thought it was going to be a blast and not that it wasn't a blast i was just confused for a lot of it trying to take the pieces and try and fit them together and in my mind how it works i agree with you kylie the pairings were really well done like the uh, certainly iron man versus doctor strange like their uh, friction that is because of the characters there like that was fun to watch um pairing up rocket with uh thor for their trip that they did um, I, I think they did that part really well, but overall for me, it was just a sense of, okay, where is the story going? Like where, what paths are they trying to take? Where are they going to end up with this? And I just found by the end of it, I was just trying to piece it together and it didn't really give me that sense of climax as it were. Like I didn't really feel like we got anywhere. I felt like they're kind of just hanging on to us on the edge of a cliff and we're going to fall off when the next one comes in. Do you think if you saw it again, knowing how it all works out, you could enjoy it more just sort of sitting back and, and watching it in Rival instead of trying to piece it all together as it was happening? I might, but I think part of the reason that would happen is because 
as I was watching it, I also started to think back to the 18 other movies that they had and seeing, okay, I remember this from somewhere. Where did this piece from? Like, I, mm. I can... the So, we're going back to the Robert Downey Iron Man scene where he is devastated. Um, they had it in Avengers when he was initially kind of aware of this impending doom that's coming to them. Um, and going back to that, like, thinking in terms of, okay, they've been thinking about... He's been thinking about this, for instance. He's been trying to focus on it. Where has everyone else kind of been in terms of leading up to this path for, mm. for each character? So, I mean, certainly with Guardians like Gamora I am actually mourning Gamora yeah. like if she I does know. not I, come back I'm really upset about I it I am going to be because her and Peter Quill like their their interaction since like the first Guardian has gotten uh, it, I think it's like grown and matured and ripened in some way so and she of, had a lot of hero's journey going on with her right like yeah. she definitely seemed to be center stage she was on the top list though for me going into the movie that I thought was gonna die Hmm. Because I really? was like with Thanos, and like they've mm. been pushing her and Thanos through like the Guardian stuff. I was like, I bet you they pull it. I pull it, and they kill her. See, I would have said Nebula for sure. Like that would have been an easy one. Yeah, no, like, I was like Gamora because it's a, it's it's a character that everyone loves, but like still isn't necessarily like the main character. So I was oh, like, so you're thinking from the Joss point of view? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it's interesting you say that because I th- was thinking it was going to happen, but it didn't happen in the way I thought it was going to happen. Yeah. So yeah, same. like not knowing mm. too much about Thanos in terms of a villain, like I think comic book villain, really two dimensional kind of evil. Period, I mean, to be right? fair, that's what he is in the comics. Right. But and that's the other thing with the with the movies too. I find like they've been going into um, kind of unexpected places um, as they progress in like the trilogies for each character. Mm-hmm. So in this way, it was like okay, they've they've kind of humanized Thanos. Uh, we don't really understand why he needed to destroy half the universe, as it were. But there is a journey for him in it as well, which I was not expecting. With the added part of what happened with Gamora. All right, before we get too far off track, Jesse, what did you think? Oh, uh, general impressions. I mean, yeah, I also really liked it. It's it's interesting, actually. I thought this was the most comic booky of all these comic book movies. The way that they're, they had small groups of characters on lots of kind of interweaving, but otherwise generally different stories. And then a lot of, like, the villains almost got you, but, oh, here's someone cool from off-panel that you didn't expect, and they have a fun interaction. I really like that. I I felt like it felt the most like a comic book. Mm. Um, I was kind of wobbly on it for a while, and now that I'm looking at it back, I think this was intentional, because I went into this looking for, like, the Avengers Assemble moments. Like, I was waiting for the shot where Captain America rallies all 30 of them, and there's like a big crane shot, and the music rises. Like the bigger version of the shot from the Avengers, where it's all five of them. And I was getting later and later in this movie, and I was like, it's not epic. It's, like, it's desperate. Why Mm -hmm. is that? And then I found at the end, it's because this wasn't supposed to be that movie. Right. Right? That was the the bait and switch. So initially, I was kind of disappointed, and I feel like it's kind of the same way that some people were initially disappointed in The Last Jedi... Like, this isn't what I expected, this isn't what I was sold, this isn't what I wanted. Right. But looking back on it, I can be like, yeah, that was pretty clever. It does bother me, in a way, because... Well, you know what? I think it will stop bothering me once I see the next part. Because this clearly... I feel this clearly isn't a complete story. Mm. I mean, certainly it has no beginning. It just picks up where the other 18... And and that's fine. Yeah. But the story doesn't 
isn't over. But, like, it's a cliffhanger. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I remember uh, when Two Towers came out, Richard Roper, who replaced Gene Siskel on, like, Siskel and Ebert, he, his review of Two Towers was like, oh, there's no beginning, there's no end, it's a bad movie. And it's like, are you, are you crazy? It literally yeah. is part two. How, how, of course it doesn't have a beginning or an end. And this time around, there's a, like this meme going on the internet. I think it was the New Yorker. That was yeah. their review. It's like, they don't even introduce the characters. They're just supposed to know who they are. It's like, it's like yes, you're well, supposed to know who yeah. they are. Because this is part 19. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so what I'm saying is that I feel like this is incomplete. Uh, it doesn't make it a bad movie, but I will like once I get both of them back to back, I'll be so much more content with what it is. Gotcha. All right, so let's talk about favorite scenes. Kylie, Ooh. favorite moment, favorite scene, favorite line, something that stood out where you were like, you wanted to stand up and cheer or just impacted you. Definitely, I think the the, the Peter uh, Parker death scene. Very like, That really, like, oof. Yeah. Like his, just, he, you said he played it so well and it was just so emotional and you're just like, oh my God, just because you know it's going to break Tony. Like you just know yeah. that that moment breaks Tony. He's always joked with the kid. He's always, you know, like, you know, trying to keep him safe a little bit there at the beginning. But like that moment, it's like, I failed for him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be like heartbreaking the next movie. So that for me was one of the biggest ones. Um Anything on Wakanda. <laughs> uh, we're doing one each, one Sorry. each. Let's not jump Sorry. ahead. Sorry. Jesse, any any standout moments? Ah, standout. Like just having to pick one is tricky. I, I, I think it's not exactly what you're asking, but I was really happy to see the Iron Spider suit. Yeah, the, I mean... The, I love that bit in the comics where he gets that, and you sort of see it in the first Homecoming, like, but not really. But now he's got the full... He has the four spider legs yeah, and all the cool toys. That's what made it Iron Spider to me. Yeah, that's... Well, that, yeah, that's... Like, that's the key from the comics. Yeah. Like he has the four, like, Iron Man legs doing cool stuff. Like, I know it's not traditional Spider-Man, but I love that version of it. Mm. And seeing it so well realized on the screen, that I, I was so happy. I loved it. Okay. I, I believe in the comics right now, in the Ultimate Spider-Man comics, there's a, uh, a, a bad guy character wearing that suit. Ooh. So, Sonali, favorite scene, moment, character? Um, so I'm, I'm going to probably say the Peter Parker and Iron Man discussion, but my second favorite I'll give you just because Kylie's already said that one. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it, no, no, it's good. It's good because it made me think. So um, oddly enough, I'm a sucker for romance in some ways. So I guess the dynamic with Scarlet Witch. And the vision. And the Ooh. vision. It was so good. Right. So so that was it. Like They, they had this quiet moment in the movie that I was like, this is different. Like this is nice. It's it's and then it all went to hell. <laughs> and so they're ending together. Like what happens with them with the uh, stone being ripped out and um, she has to watch him yeah, die crazy. again. Yeah. And then she is of course taken by the uh, end of the the Infinity Gauntlet spell. So um, I thought that was also something very powerful to watch in terms of those two characters, their development, and how it ends for them. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't Black Widow and the Hulk reuniting. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd moved on past that already by the time Ragnarok yeah, came yeah. on. That, I mean, that's but the to thing. be fair, like that was really under like. I feel like a lot of the cla- like uh, Cap and, and Black Widow didn't get very much time in this I movie, I felt. And I guess it makes sense because like their arcs are sort of resolved, like their personal arcs. 
Are and, done. and you know they'll have more to do in the next one, I think. But well, yeah, now that everybody else is yeah. dead, just yeah. more cap with a beard. That's all that matters. <laughs> I did like seeing him in sort of like his. Let me add that in. I also liked seeing him in kind of his nomad suit. That right, kind of cool. Like well, he's not Captain yeah. America right now. My, I think my favorite moment, the moment that in the theater I almost like stood up and cheered, was when I, I can't remember all of the Black Order's names, but I think it's Ebony Ma, the woman mm. character. Uh, Ebony Ma is like the, the guy who like he's the, the biggest one. He's oh. that's Prosper. He's a telecom. Proxima Midnight. Proxima Midnight. Yes. Ebony Ma was I a great I did research that because nice. she very was nice. awesome. It's a great name for a band. <laughs> <laughs> so she, like, there's this guy in the shadows at the train station. She throws a spear and he, like, catches it and then Cap steps out from the shadows. I was like, oh, that was pretty cool. Best. That was really good. Yeah. I know it's cliche. It's a cliche sort of being there, but done that so moment. But, but it's so, so Captain awesome. America. Yeah. It's so Captain what he America. would do. Yeah. I was just like, I was sitting in the theater by myself, just like, giddy. It was the best. That is a great moment. That was a great moment. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I think we skimmed over it before, but also I got surprisingly giddy when they brought back Red Skull. Yeah. It's, I don't know why. It's not that well, big a deal, but having that loose end tied up yeah. really felt really good to me. The first Captain America movie came out in uh, July 2011, and it was the arguably the fifth movie in the series. And uh, so, and, and, Red Skull just disappears at the end of that. Yeah. And it's been this loose thread for like 15 more movies that hasn't been addressed, hasn't been talked about. And Red Skull is the biggest Captain America villain. It's like, you know, Superman has Lex Luthor and not much else as far as a rogues gallery. Same thing with Captain America. He's got Red Skull and then it's diminishing returns after yeah. that. Other Hydra guys. Yeah. So for Red Skull to be off the board this long, it was really cool to see him come back and in such an interesting way. Mm-hmm. This might be controversial, but I didn't love the first Captain America for the longest time. Like, I, when I first saw it, I was like, nah, I just didn't love it. And then I ended up seeing Winter Soldier and being like, oh my god, I love Winter Soldier yeah. so much. I've, I've heard this. And it's the, yeah. the, the big thing that, like, that I think people get down to is that most of those phase one Marvel movies are superhero movies. The first Captain America is a World War II movie. Yeah. And it's a little cheesier. Yeah, there was just something about it that I didn't look. So for me, like when Red, the reason I brought this up is when Red Skull came on, didn't phase me in any way. Like I was like, oh, okay. oh yeah, I know who he is, and like I know, but like I wasn't like, oh my god, he's back. Yeah, see, I had I didn't like, care. I don't. It's like it was like sitting in the back of my mind. Like, whatever happened to him? And when he <laughs> stepped, like when he steps in, you can see the face. Like I, I think I, like, I, I exclaimed aloud in the theater, like, oh man, <gasps> yeah. it's all coming together. I when you see that 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 wraith figure, I was like, who is it? Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? And then when it revealed, I was like, oh. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. And uh, going back to the, the first one, the the first Captain America movie, I, I tend to not love the sort of cheesiness of that the vibe that it gives. But Chris Evans' performance oh, as Captain so... America grounds that movie yeah. so well that I love it. I love the whole rest of the movie because he gives such a great performance and he's so earnest and he's so... Genuine, and he just seems like such a good guy that I'm like, I, 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 it makes the rest of it work. See, the rewatch of it, like when I watched it again, like the second time, I actually ended up enjoying it a lot more. But I think it's because I had already seen Winter Soldier at that point. Mm, you and knew what it was going to build. So I knew what it was building too. So maybe that's why I really enjoyed it. But like in terms of Phase One, like I enjoyed a lot. Like I like Thor One is probably I Ragnarok is amazing. But, like, Thor 1, like, I loved a lot. Like, everybody was always like, oh, my God, I love Captain America. I was like, no, I love the first Thor. And I really I, like the first Thor. I That's, love it can, yeah. so much. 
Well, and and uh, I was just talking earlier about uh, Ragnarok. I, I we saw it for the the first time on the weekend just before I saw uh, Infinity War, and uh, it was like the last of the the pre Infinity War movies I had to see, and uh, so watched it, and I really liked it, but. And this is controversial because one of the things people love about it is the comedy. And I think mm. it's a very funny movie and I like it for that. But I I don't like Thor being in on the joke. Right. I like it better when he is the fish out of water and he thinks he's doing something cool or, or he makes a joke by accident. Yeah. Or, but generally I like him better being earnest and I feel like that was missing from Ragnarok. And see that's why I like the first Thor so much is because you've got the scenes of him in the coffee shop and he's like another and he throws the coffee mug down. Yeah. Like that's amazing. Yeah. Or like he goes in the pet store and he's like I need your finest horse. Like you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And like they're like what? <laughs> so like I don't know though I really dig his character development that way. Like It's not just a light switch. Like from Thor... Through Avengers, through Thor 2, he humanizes, and I really buy mm-hmm. how that moves. Like, the other characters don't, like, Tony Stark becomes kind of less of a jerk, but not really. And he, like, he, he just becomes, becomes a jerk who's also a good guy. But he's yeah. also traumatized. Like, in Iron Man 3, I remember he's, like, tra- all traumatized oh, yeah. from Avengers. Yes, yeah, d- yeah, ditto with Ultron. Um, yeah. But Thor, I buy, like, that he's, like, part of his, like... The movie could just end it like, yeah, now he learns to be a good person, fine. But no, he actually develops and changes. And I like that, and I especially like that because then they take it away in Infinity War. And we spend yeah. a lot of time with Thor in Infinity mm-hmm. War where he's lost everything, and everything's terrible, but he's still going anyway. And I just, I thought that was one of the best parts of the movie was his arc. Sorry, one of the other moments, just now that you brought that up, that just reminded me that I loved was when Thor and um, Gamora meet, and they have that moment of, you know, like, Thanos killed my brother, but then he goes up and he kind of goes, well, you know, like, you lost people too. Like, you know, there's that moment yeah. of, like... Yeah, you, think he, you, think you think he's, he's going to be gonna, mad like, at her because she's related to Thanos, yeah. but he understands yeah. now. Yeah, and I, and I love that moment where I was like, ah, oh, they could have done it the opposite way, and they didn't, and I love that. Because he's grown. Yeah. I thought it was a little cheap that gave him his eye back. I agree. I'll give you that. I liked him with yeah. the eye. No, um, I think Winter Soldier's going to lose his arm. It's going to happen. Bucky? Yes. Oh, Bucky. He's going to lose it. Right, Rocket's yeah. Rocket's seen it. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was a great oh, And I love that he just kept calling him a rabbit. Thor just yeah. kept calling yeah. him yeah. a rabbit. rabbit and tree. Yeah. <laughs> I like that they had Peter Dinklage playing a dwarf, oh, yeah. and yet he was a, a giant. giant. He, yeah. he lived out the, that old joke of the world's tallest dwarf. Yeah, and he so was uh, that, that was an interesting See, I wasn't sure if that was okay. Like, it, it, I guess it was. I I mean, if he's on board with it, it's yeah. uh, fine by me. It was okay. interesting. Yeah. yeah, that was. I wasn't expecting that whole scene. Like, because because when in the trailer, when I saw Thor with his arms grabbing onto something, and like, like I thought, oh, this is gonna be a big battle scene. Maybe that big circle thing that comes down. Yeah, I thought an epic moment yeah. that I was and gonna it, be like. Oh, it was John. pretty. It was epic. still pretty. Epic. It was, but it wasn't in the context I thought it was. Yeah, same. Right. Same. So that that was again a sort of contributing factor to the confusion I had. Right? It was like, oh, yeah. they're doing things. But not the way I thought they would do. When he shows up on Wakanda, though, like with the like light, I love his new lightning thing. Like I love what Stormbreaker. They do. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, but even in Ragnarok, he gets like he gets lightning that, that, power. Right. Like, he magnifies the lightning and he power. Just gets, like I love what they do with that. I mean, Thor is always going to be one of my favorites out of all of them. But yeah. I so here's a deep cut comic nerd thing. So Stormbreaker in the comics. So Stormbreaker is the new hammer he gets because in, in Ragnarok, Mjolnir, his regular hammer gets destroyed. Oh, so in this. 
He, Isn't it more like an axe? This is more like an axe, but sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. In the comics, no. it's sort of halfway. Yeah. So Stormbreaker is Beta Ray Bill's hammer. Uh, Beta Ray oh, okay. Bill is an alien horse creature that picks up Mjolnir and has, is worthy of carrying it. And, and he and Thor become buddies. And, and so Odin gives him his own hammer and it's called Stormbreaker. But the Stormbreaker in this movie actually looks more like Ultimate Thor's yeah, hammer. Yeah, it does. Uh, so it's like an interesting blending of all and these different things. Yeah. Um, I would love to have seen Beta Ray Bill in the movie, but yeah, that's I was just never going to line, like for Rocket to say, like, oh, it looks a little horse faced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> just, just, just something for us. But yeah, that is a deep effing cut. Yeah. Okay, so my question is what is your all time, besides Infinity War, if that's the new all time favorite, what is your yeah. number one of all of the films? Uh, don't make me choose. Uh, Sophie's Choice? I'm going to always go with Iron Man 1. Iron, it is a solid pick. It is hard to argue with that. Iron Man 1 will always, always be the best of the best. Just because, Not just because it's the first of, the, of everything, but just all around. Like When I watch that movie from beginning to end, I am happy. It's, yeah, it's a, it, nothing is wrong with that movie. Yeah. There's no quibbles. Like Just how it gets um, the suit, everything is just amazing. I will counter, and I understand in some ways this is motivated by my personal bias, but I think so far the first Avengers... Yeah, um, pretty solid. The That's... everyone getting together, like I mean, I'm a sucker for crossovers. Is, yeah. is what it is. So even though this isn't a real, it's kind of a fake crossover. But the fact that they took all these people from different movies and put them together, but they did it so well in Avengers, and they don't gel quite right at first. And then for the like the last battle scene, and they're all working together, yeah. and there's a couple really long shots. Like, it starts on Hawkeye, and oh, then yeah, follows one through. of his arrows, and hits one of the flying things, and there's Thor and Hulk Chitari. A Chitari. Well, the Chitari are the guys. Are the flying eels still Chitari well, as well? Well, like, Chitari <laughs> monster thingies. All right, know. fair enough. Um, I, you know, I, I gotta go with Avengers for that, like, because that yeah. moment <laughs> is still so exciting. It's hard to rank them. Like, I have so many. Like, Black Panther. I loved Black Panther. Like, I loved yeah, it. Kind of, I liked Black Panther a lot, but, yeah. I, I really liked Black Panther for the, like, James Bond vibes yeah. it added. But, but I was really disappointed. Sorry, I'm cutting people off. I was disappointed with the ending of Black Panther. I really didn't like it. Sorry, uh, Sonali, you're... We'll get back to that. Um, I don't know if I can pick. Actually, it's really, really... Uh, it says terrible things about me that I actually didn't realize the Incredible Hulk was in that time frame that as is, well. That is totally fair. Either. I didn't either. Yeah, it, yeah, it's weird. Okay, here are the two ways you can tell. First of all, the, at the end, Iron end credits, Iron Man shows up. To, Robert Downey Jr. Oh, shows okay. up to invite him to join the team or talk to... No, he talks to, to, to General Ross. But uh, I believe in Civil War, General Ross reappears. William Hurt as General Ross from that movie reappears and has uh, an impact on that. He talks about the Sokovia Accords and he shows up in, in Yeah, he's in a Infinity Secretary War of State well. now, right? Something like that. Okay. Yeah. Go on. I, uh, I do like that movie. This is, I, I don't know if I can actually pick, like... And ultimate, because I think every single um, Avenger hero that we've seen has their own shining moment. So, actually, I would say just in terms of picking the one that has been the most consistent, I'm going to say Captain America. Okay. The um, first one, or... So, between Captain America, 
was the first There's one? First Avenger. The first yeah. Avenger and, and, and Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. And Civil War. Yeah. Right. So each of those, I think, hit all the high notes in their own way. So like the way Civil War was kind of like a thriller, but it, I, I think it kept me going. It right. kept me interested. So I, I'm going to look at it in terms of overall and say that it would probably be um, Captain America storyline. Exactly. Gotcha. That has made it the most... Um, Prom- like prominent in my mind in terms of growth and learning and all that. Gotcha. I would have to go with Civil War. Uh, really? I, I love Civil War. I love the Civil War comic book, and so to see it in some form on the big okay. screen was great. I love the introduction of Spider-Man in it. Underoos. Yeah, that's yeah. a pretty good one. Yeah. Just he's so charming. Uh, Ant-Man showing up, and the fact that every character up to that point was was involved in some form or another just loved it civil war is the one i just this one always stands out in my mind where it's it's falcon and bucky in a tiny little car oh, that's so and good. they have like a jealous boyfriend yeah. thing yeah. like who likes steve rogers more yeah, that yeah. i love that bit so i love that relationship and yeah. Black Panther shows up in that, and Black Panther's awesome, and, and I, I really like the Black Panther movie. i got some problems with it. I'm sure we've discussed it on a previous episode, but uh, I think Black Panther was better than it had any right to be, and had the best villain. I think Eric Killmonger is up there with yeah. Loki and with Thanos as far as like the best villains in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think maybe a little bit mm. more, because he was somebody who had a genuine kind of human story as well. Yeah, like, like, completely. Yeah. Un- like, it's hard not to root for him. Yeah. 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 There, there was an actual conflict, I think, in terms of family as well as, you know, your identity. So I think that was... I think my least favorite one. Oh, we're going this route now. Let's just go around the table for least I favorite. I feel like my least favorite one is Thor 2. Yeah, that was I had I love Thor 1 so much. And I think the reason I like Thor 1 is because it was him at a fish out of water on Earth for most of it. Whereas the second one, it was him back in... His world. His world and the Asgardian world. And I didn't, I just didn't love the bad guys. And again, they did the whole Loki switching back and forth between, you know, being good, evil. What is he going to do? Is he going to do it? Like, I it just. A, it was a cool twist, though. It was, uh, yes. Twist yes. ending. Twist ending, Very I will cool. agree. I will agree with the twist ending, which actually got paid off in Thor Ragnarok, which yeah. is awesome. Um, but I just, to me, it, it was just a weak link for me. I didn't love that one. I'm going to agree with Kylie because I think out of all the ones I've seen, that is the one that I that has less, left uh, the least but, amount yeah. of impression on me. I have a real soft spot for it, I, but I'm a sucker for the villain turning, like joining the good guy side, like Loki yeah. side, mm-hmm. uh, joining up with Thor to, to fight. Like I love in X Men Two when Magneto joins up with the X Men right. to help fight the bigger evil. I love stuff like that, and I know it's it's you know a little tired with Loki constantly going back and forth, but I just I, I love. I loved that it the stuff. first time. I did. I liked it like when they did it the first time. Like like in this movie, I did love it. Like it's just that like. By the fourth time he did it, I was kind of like, okay, Loki, like, are you going to be good now? Just yeah. be Which good. <laughs> it's addressed in Ragnarok, yeah. where Thor tells him, like, oh, here we go, round yeah. and round again. Yeah. Right. Like, they've already covered that. Yeah. What you? Uh, least favorite, I'm going to go with Iron Man 2. That's what I was going to um, say, but I've been, like, I've actually been dying to rewatch it, because I barely remember it. I've seen it once, and it made so little impression on me. It doesn't make any sense. Like, besides the fact that Whiplash is a completely uninteresting villain with uninteresting yeah. motivation, there's this whole subplot that people don't usually remember where Tony Stark is, like, dying, like he's poisoned right. from the from the stuff in the arc reactor, and he's, and, like, part of the climax of the movie is he fixes it by inventing a new element. 
and it's this like besides the fact that that doesn't make any sense <laughs> it's this entire climax where it's him like typing really hard and that's the climax <laughs> of the movie like trying to be smart yeah, but I, really hard like it's it, the reason you don't remember it's because nothing interesting right. happens which I find hard to imagine like Mickey Rourke is such a magnetic presence and he plays Whiplash and Sam Rockwell I could watch the man read the phone book. I yeah. love Sam Rockwell, and he plays Justin Hammer in it. So I really want to watch it again to be like, what? How could this possibly be a bad movie? The, because there's no stakes. Right. Like the the fighting, like he has them fight drones, like drone Iron Men, and so it's Iron Man and War Machine, like fighting robots essentially, right. and you don't care because the robots aren't anybody. Yeah. yeah. Like, they had electric whips, and like that wins over <laughs> a lot of war <laughs> too. Unfortunately I mean, for me. So. Well, maybe. I mean, Iron Man three has a similar semi problematic yeah, ending where it's just Iron a bunch 3. of it's a bunch of like drone Iron Man suits that I they have to like fight. Right? Pepper Potts coming in and those suits. I just didn't. I didn't love that. I like Iron Man three, and I like it a lot. Again, I've only seen it once, but it was more recent than Iron Man two. But I really enjoyed the relationship between Tony Stark and the little boy. Yes, that I loved. Yeah. That yeah. I well, did that love. clearly was the groundwork yeah. for Tony Stark yeah. and Spider Man. So we yeah. see how that. Happened. I did love that. Yes, I agree with that. I just didn't love the bag. Like I just didn't. I didn't care at the end of that one because yeah. maybe it's because they started off with such an amazing number right. one that like maybe just was like yeah. for me. At that Although point. I mean, you had, Iron Man three was the fake Mandarin. Yeah, it was. Yeah. like yeah. that was hilarious. Yeah, that was good. Great yeah. freak out. Yeah, like, yeah, that I loved that. Yeah, and it, it's a difficult topic because Mandarin is a a not a very politically correct character. <laughs> And yet he's Iron Man's sort of like number one villain in the comics. Mm-hmm. I have another controversial... Controver, controver, oh my god. Oh my god. You know what you, I mean. You're just here unloading all your baggage. Yeah. <laughs> Guardians 2. Didn't love it at all. What? Did not love it. Huh. I, I, I need to rewatch it. I was surprised how different it was. I thought they took it in an interesting I new direction. I didn't love it. I didn't like it as much as the first one. But I still I love the first it. one a lot. Yeah, but I, just, I was surprised none of us said the, Guardians is the like the number story, one story though. Like it just wasn't good. Like the I, I I don't know. Like I just there was something about it that they were trying to make you cry, and I didn't want. Like I, I don't know. I just felt like it was too dark in some ways. My problem with it was that there were two separate scenes, at least two scenes, where there was like a big fight going on and yet you didn't see it because they were focused on another thing. Like Groot in the Mm -hmm. one scene, I think Rocket in the other. And it's like, there's a huge battle going on and battles, especially huge battles, get a little tiresome. But do it Mm -hmm. once, a movie. Let Let me take that opportunity to cycle back to the end of Black Panther. Like, I'm so upset that that movie decided to settle, like, the, like solve the problem through karate. Killmonger had a valid argument. He mm-hmm. had a good point. There was a serious... Like, I totally bought this whole Wakandan Civil War thing because, yes, both of these diametrically opposed views make sense. And the way they resolved it was that Black Panther punched him just a little bit harder. And I thought that was such a cop-out. And also, it doesn't help that, like... I, like the black suits are cool, but it doesn't make it great to watch. And they I mean, they used like like Chadwick Boseman. I am pretty sure got into some pretty awesome shape for that movie. <laughs> and yet, most of the time he's in the suit, it's just like a CG yeah. rubber, and it's clearly CG. Yeah, like you can tell when it switches back and forth to CG, it's, which is rare for a Marvel movie. They're usually good about that. Yeah. And also the CG rhinos at the end were just like yeah. so like. Come on, guys. There's some just have some actual hand-to-hand combat. Choreograph something. Yeah, Don't yeah. have computer yeah. graphic yeah. But, rhinoceroses. But the fact that it like 
that like the way it ended was just because he is a stronger fighter. Yeah, I, I don't. Like, that's not interesting anymore. Yeah, right. I'll give you that. Okay. Uh, and and so they, they, and that doubles back to some of these bad Marvel problems. Like, how did Iron Man three get solved? Well, he had more Iron Men. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did Iron Man two get solved? He thought really smart. Yeah. <laughs> but that that's why I love the ending of Doctor Strange. And we haven't given Doctor Strange any credit oh, yeah. so far. We should. Because but I will not stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is your time to shine. Yeah. Right. But the end of Doctor Strange where he actually outmaneuvers like he it's actually a very clever way of der- defeating Dormammu. I love that. Using this time thing to yeah. like com- to keep recycling this one moment so he can be like I've come to bargain. Now Benedict Cumberbatch can't do an American accent worth a damn, but you get That's past that. That's not the important part. <laughs> Dormammu, I have come to bargain. Ugh. I like Doctor Strange. I did like it. Um, maybe it's because I'm getting tiresome. Maybe in the old, like in some of these other ones. That's why maybe I'm not as excited about like Guardians Two or whatever. But like with with Doctor Strange, I thought that it was different. I did like that. I like that the. You know, it didn't really necessarily connect with the other ones that much. It kind of did its own thing. I like that. Like, I liked Benedict. I thought he was great, minus the accent. Um, <laughs> but I would have liked to have seen a little bit more Rachel McAdams. I wanted to kind mm. of see a bit more of her. Mm. Um, I liked what she was in when I saw her. Like, I did like that. Um, I liked that, like, there was the Easter egg of a Cap Marvel potentially on the um, radio when he was, or the, when he was listening to the uh, different um, files, the case files at the beginning of the car. Um, and they're raving through them and then one is a woman um, with like schizophrenia who has an implant in her neck and like the rumor was that that was a bit of a Captain Marvel Hmm. throw Hmm. so like that was kind of cool like I was excited about stuff like that throughout it Um, Tilda Swinton I was kind of like eh she's alright all right, let's hear let's hear the expert. Oh yes, go please. Well, okay, not an expert. Benedict does. I will Benedict you. Okay, um, like for me with Doctor Strange again, I think it was good because it didn't seem to be connected to anything in terms of the larger Marvel universe. It was a story about a man who has a tragic incident and how he recovers from it and grows within it and and out of it in terms of what he ends up becoming. Um, I always it's interesting though actually seeing it for in. Um, Infinity War, the dynamic that is Iron Man, Tony Stark, and Doctor Strange, um, who's this mystical person, I think that Doctor Strange almost has it figured out in terms of who ended up becoming, which is where Tony Stark wants to be. So actually seeing... Tony Stark and uh, them interact, it's like I can almost say like Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange knows who he is and what, what where he ended up. He accepts what he ended up becoming. He went from being a man of science um, and uh, medicine to being a master of the mystical arts and he's cool with that. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's taken it in stride, he's learned something new, he's uh, excelled at it, I would say, and he and he's found his place in life where I don't think Iron Man Tony Stark ever managed to do that for himself. No, that's that's very much his character. Is yeah. that he's scrambling to try and yeah figure like, it all out. Mm-hmm. I do love his cape though. Well, so that was it. Oh, you see that video where Spider Man introduces himself to the cape. Oh man, right. that was the best. <laughs> I love. Uh, yeah, Tom Holland is charming as hell. I love Spider-Man. him so much. Yeah. But no, not to, to. But you're right. Yeah, like Doctor Strange, like Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange is kind of like he's he's kind of a jerk, right? He's really arrogant, which is something that like uh, you know that, that he plays a lot of those roles. He's got that down to a T. Um, but he's confident and comfortable with himself, and I think that carries into Infinity War. Like 
he's not the strongest hero. And we, we get that impression, is that like, like he isn't fighting as well as everyone else, but he's rock solid and knows what's going on, and we know that's a tease for the next movie, right? Yeah. They very clearly point out that Doctor Strange has seen a future where we can win, and his last words to Tony are, like, it was the only way, or there was no other way. Like, Something like that. So, he, like, he's clearly aware that, like yes, all of this is going to happen, but there's still a way. And like the only chance... It doesn't matter about the Infinity Stones. The only chance of them succeeding is if Tony is still alive. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Uh, so, uh, which I buy. I, I bought that in the, his performance a hundred percent. Okay, so in talking about uh, Infinity War, we have not talked about the Black Order pretty much at all. I'm so and, excited for them. Are you excited for them? For, they're they're yeah. done. They're well, gone. It's over. I know. So that was that was one of the things that I came out of going crap. I wish I knew more about them, A, from the comics. Really? And B, from sort of a little bit more expansion for them may have been helpful, I think, if they'd been able to fit them in somewhere. Little teeny bits here and there sure, appearances teases. throughout the, uh, the MCU that, they, that they've been going through. Mm. Um, part of that was, I mean, they focused on Gamora, and I can understand that. Like, she betrayed Thanos. She is known as his favorite daughter. Um, but what about all these other kids that were taken and, and turned into something more than they... And what they was their story? Baby. That's right. So I kind of want to know more. So I mean, Proxima Midnight, like she was awesome. I, I loved her her fighting ability and her her focus as you know, a, I guess a daughter of Thanos and her her um, interest in in doing what needs to be done. The other person was the telekinetic Ebony Maw. Ebony Maw. So it, and it's all these like very differing characters. Um, that kind of work together in their own way um, for Thanos. So where where do they come from? What is their story, right? Even if there isn't anything deeply explored about them. Yeah, then there's like a really big guy with like a stick and really tall and thin guy <laughs> also with a stick. I think that was uh, Obsidian something? Call Obsidian? They've all got black yeah. names. I'm, I'm ashamed to admit this, but like... It wasn't until, like, near the end of their story and everything that I realized they were children of Thanos. Like, I thought they were just, like, like an army like that he goons. had. Yeah, his yeah. goons. I didn't realize that that was happening. And maybe that's just me overlooking that. But, like, I didn't realize that that was a whole thing. Like, I thought that, like, his children were literally just, like, the two girls, Nebula and, and Gamora. I didn't realize that he had this whole order. Like, I thought they were just, like, an order. I thought that they were, like, you know, just... Goons. Yeah, well, to be fair, they didn't show up until 2014. So Thanos first appeared in in the first Avengers uh, movie, which was what 2012 or something like that. Yeah. So like. Oh the, right, they were yeah yeah yeah. Oh right. So they're a relatively new construct, and even if you were to read the comics, huh. they're they're a bit you know they're more a bit, recent. Yeah, there's not a lot out there. On not them. a lot of history. Yeah. yeah. So so don't worry too much about them, and that's part of the problem with them. They've got these interesting but vague names like what does ebony mom mean like when you like you hear iron man (laughs) yeah (laughs) you hear iron man you know what you you have a sense of what that is you hear uh spider-man captain america hulk they all put things in your head what does call obsidian mean 
we are quite familiar with these characters, though, right? Well, and we're supposed to be is the other thing. Like, again, these characters are throwaways. Like, they're kind of. But like, what does Proxima Midnight mean? Like, it doesn't tell you anything about her powers. It doesn't tell you anything about. I mean, it t- who tells she you is. she was in a hair metal band like, in college. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were amazing. And she can fight like crazy. <laughs> but so I think Ebony Ma is the most interesting member of the team because he actually talks. You he hear stuff about screen time. Yeah. He gets the most screen yeah. time, and I love the performance. Like the the I, I don't know who the actor is. I uh, I looked up the name and was meaningless to me I don't know who he is but he did a great job even though he's mostly CG and uh, that was another thing that kind of bugged me every member of the Black Order was some CG construct and it wasn't necessary like why like Proxima Midnight could have been done with makeup Ebony Ma could have been done with makeup some of the other guys sure you need CG to Mm -hmm. do like backwards knees or giant (laughs) teeth or huge hulking body but those guys looked like regular people with a skin condition and yet they were made out of a computer my thought with that is that it's the universe for the movies has been doing so many different things. And in some ways, like for me, not being a comic book reader in this terms, I can almost be more interested in or think about all the different ways or paths that these characters could have taken or can take in the future. Mm-hmm. So with so again, with the children of Thanos kind of coming into it, okay, fine, they're recent and they're new. But thinking about, okay, what does it mean in terms of Thanos? Like, why did he pick these kids mm. when they were kids like why did he pick them because i we've been exploring gamora he says you're strong like you're a fighter i can tell right so what is his motivation i think that would have just kind of added to him yeah. uh, a little more of who he is and and why he be- did what he did why did gamora become the favorite yeah right. well, that's a good question too with all these people mm-hmm. yeah all right, so the next one is uh, Captain Marvel, which we touched on a little earlier. Yeah, yes. we, haven't, we haven't given this the attention it's due, I think. But yeah, clearly she's going to be the star of Phase 4. Okay. Kylie, very excited. You see? I am, I've read the comics. I love, like, the newer Captain Marvel comics. I love the character. I cannot wait for it. I like Brie Larson, so I'm really excited. I'm hoping she's going to do a good job. I think that if they keep the Gamora death, she may end up taking that sort of role in the Guardians in some ways because mm. of the comics and because she's so heavily with the Guardians in the comics. Um, I'm really curious to see what they do with her. Uh, I hope that the costume doesn't stay green for very long, if it is green. Um, but I can appreciate it as an origin story. It may start out that way, but hopefully we'll finish with the you know the full color and everything. I'm just ready for it. <laughs> I really want it. So I'm bad. gonna come into this absolutely completely new. I think there's yeah. an alien involved with her, and that's all I know. The, the Kree. Kree, yeah, the Kree. Have yeah. they been dealt with on Agents of Shield? The Kree. I, you know what? I stopped watching after season three because oh, they, they were Guardians one. Oh. They were mentioned in. Yeah, Ronan is a Cree fanatic. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. They were yeah. mentioned in the first one for sure. Yeah, right. They were so if, about if nothing else, I don't think that. Agents of Shield will be able to like afford it. All they need is blue paint. Yeah. 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 So I think it'll be interesting for me to come into seeing Captain Marvel if, and the indication is that she will absolutely be an integral part of the next uh, Infinity War movie. For um, sure. Well, she's supposed to be like as powerful. Like she's like the Superman of this world. Like she's the most powerful. Superhero is what they claim. That's what they've been marketing. They've been marketing that. Um, I mean, if you in the comics, she is quite powerful. So, like, Mm -hmm. that's what I really hope they do, and I don't think that they will. But is um, is it Spider Woman? Um, Jessica Jessica Drew. Drew? Yeah. So she's like BFFs with with uh, with Cap Marvel in some of the comics, and I love their. 
I love their like dynamic, so I'd love to see that. But I would be shocked if we see a Jessica Drew Spider Woman. Yeah. I think they're really running out of opportunities to introduce new characters know, until they're it. done with this arc. And it's like it's hard to introduce a competent older Spider Woman who because because there has to be an inspiration from Spider Man and he's like in high school. It I would know, be weird. but it's just so good in the comics. <laughs> I, I think we're gonna see Beta Ray Bill before we see Spider Woman, <laughs> but which is not to say that I don't want it because I would love to see Beta Ray Bill tie that into yes. the Guardian stuff somehow. So my my feelings on Captain Marvel, I. I you know, I feel like they're really, especially in the more recent comics since House of M, they've been sort of. I feel like they've been forcing Captain Marvel a little bit. They've been pushing her yeah. uh, to be a more integral character than she ever had been previously. And I'm just not that interested in her as a character, personally. And I, I'm excited to see what they do with the movie because there have been other characters. Like, I didn't give a crap about Iron Man before the first Iron Man movie. If you gave me an Iron Man comic book prior to that movie, I might have fallen asleep halfway through <laughs> it. But Iron Man's a great character in, in the movies, and they've made him a great character in the comics, too. And so hopefully that'll yeah. happen for me with Captain Marvel. But leading up to it, I, I have not read a Captain Marvel comic that's really done anything for me. And I've tried. I keep trying. Did I'm you, honestly more interested in, in the uh, uh, Muslim Ms. Marvel character, mm, oh yeah, which yeah. is another character that I didn't think I would have any connection with or whatever, but any time I read one of those stories, it's so good, and the art is awesome. And would be a great opportunity in the movies to yes. you know sort of edge out some of the predominantly white American yeah. cast. Yeah, but and one of the interesting things about her is she idolizes Captain Marvel, so there's there'd be a natural way of introducing yeah. her. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I hate to cut it off because we're having a good time, but I think we are at time. Uh, so that uh, was the Geek Top 5 Deep Dive into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, 50 episodes and 19 movies. It just goes <laughs> it goes together like garlic and bread. <laughs> um, special thanks. Thank you guys for coming to the show. Kylie, it's always a pleasure to have you and get your input. Thanks for having me. And Sonali, thank you for joining us and giving us the other side of it. Thank you. Special thanks to our crew, of course, to Stella Simeonova for putting this online so you can hear it, and to Jamie Reum, our musician-in-chief. Uh, that's R-E-A-U-M-E. Check him out on YouTube at Jamie Reum Official. That was episode 50 and the last episode of season 3 of Geek Top 5. Uh, we will be away on hiatus, and we'll see what the future holds. So an extra special thanks to you for joining us for these 50 episodes. This has been a blast. Um, we would love to hear from you, your thoughts on the show, your thoughts on Infinity War, your thoughts in general, uh, all kinds of places you can get a hold of us. Yes, you can uh, email us at geektop5 at gmail.com. You can go on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash geektop5. We're on Twitter at geektop5. You can also leave a review for us, if you like, on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Geektop5, five stars would never be... Uh, 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 you know, a uh, problem. Uh, I also want to say a special thank you to Jesse as we're ending season three. Thank you very much for hosting us these last few episodes and for being our editor of the, the episodes. You do a fantastic job. Couldn't do it without you, buddy. Well, thank you, Graham, uh, for, for conceiving of the show, for running the show, getting bringing everything, making it all work. Uh, it's been a blast. 
Before we go, let us again just stress, by the way, we're not kidding around with those reviews. Um, if you could let us know what you think, what you're thinking, if you like the show, if you don't, because if you're there at all, those reviews, those star ratings, and those comments, that's how we know you're listening. And more as an extension of that, that's how potentially cool guests know you're listening, and how potentially cool sponsors know you're listening. Uh, so while we're in the off-season, we're trying to figure out what the future of Geek Top 5 might be, uh, your input will directly affect what happens next. So if you like what you've heard and you want to hear more, please let us know, uh, because we want to hear from you and see sort of figure out what we're going to be doing with this. So, uh, from all of us here at Geek Top 5 to all of you, thanks for listening, and uh, we hope to talk to you again soon. Mm-hmm.